Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. All right, Luca Nation, what's go- what's going on? What's going on? Cage needs me to hold on, but I'm uh, I'm a train that's left the station. So that's uh, you. That's you. You you know you can't you can't slow this guy down. Can't nobody yeah. slow me down. Can't nobody hold me down. Oh no. What was the what was the line that you uh, put into the sports Grails group with like Andrew's Chris? Got to me. keep on moving. That, no, that wasn't it. There's no such thing as halfway crooks. Yeah, <laughs> they love that. I don't even know what it means, but it really? sounds provocative. No, it gets the people going. Luca Nation, if you're out there, I can't do movie yeah. lines with this guy. Now we have like legit. I know it's from. I know it's from uh, Eight Mile. Yes, it's the final line of Eight Mile, but that's not the well, origin. Not final line. It's just part of his part of his rap battle. Um, it's a, you know. Okay. He drops. He drops that. You know, it's an homage. You know. So today we have a jam-packed show. Nice. We're going to talk a little bit about bleaker trading. They had an event last night. Cage was breaking. I don't think on Monday we did a Fit Fam. So Cage is going to give you guys an update for that. I think uh, I dropped it in the episode. I dropped my weight in there in the episode. I was. I'll give you a really quick. Two eighty-eight point eight was what I was on. On oh yeah, maybe I didn't. I did like it because it was May fourth. So two eighty-eight point eight, and on and on July fourth, two months, two fifty-eight point eight. So thirty pounds down in two months. I'm still a blimp, as you can see from the breaking. Not exactly the most flattering videos being taken of me there, but it just gives you motivation. Motivation. That's it. Everybody needs some motivation. So I'll keep it coming. Just keep going all summer long. But you've also developed some good habits. You know, I mean, like thirty pounds. You're eating healthier. You're got. You're doing a walk with the family every night. So uh, you've made some changes. Change doesn't doesn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. All right. We've talked a little bit about the M- Luca Nation Fantasy Football League. We've gotten some interest in that uh, NBA Finals cage. We didn't give a prediction, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll give our plays. But first, I want to talk to you about comps. Okay. Okay. Good. And in this and in this world of, uh, I've come up with maybe a term for it. It's called creative financing. Yep. Uh, what's something truly, truly valued at? And I wanted to have this discussion uh, first on today's episode before we get into any of the other topics. Uh, so let's kick it off right after you're done writing that really, really important email. Uh, I'll send it up the chain. Yeah, exactly. Send it up the chain. Go. So, so I'll tell you. I'll comps. tell you my. I want to hear. I want to hear comps. Let's go. You're actually a really generous guy when it comes to comps. So I, I, I was hearing through the grapevine. You know, you do lowest eBay sale, and this is for liquid comps, right? So you have to break cards into two categories: liquid cards, and then one of a kind kind of cards, art art cards. Uh, maybe that there's a hundred or less. Let's put yep, it that way. Yep, yep, yep. Um, liquid cards are a little bit easier when you you go on eBay. Yep. You do lowest comp or maybe an average of the last five comps, and then you take 10% off. I think that's a fair way to price a card. And like we're, as we're going to national, I hope that that's kind of how we're starting to price cards. Yeah, it, depends, 
It depends what it is. And and listen, you know, it's very liquid, very fluid, I guess is the right word, in addition to liquid cards. And and the larger the deal gets, and I'll tell people, if you start spending into the four figures on cards, um, I'll go 20% off eBay if it's part of a bigger deal. And I did that yesterday as well. Um, but, you know, you want one card, you know, and it's a $100 card on eBay, or it's 110 So the way that I did it, like, you know, it's 110 or $115 card on eBay. I already said, all right, when we're putting that in a stack, round that to 100 and then take a percent off of it. You know what I mean? So so as part of a bigger deal, you're getting like double discounts. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And it also depends on the card. Like I, I had last night, I had a Trey uh, Prism PSA 10 red, you know, the color match. And almost everybody at the place was asking, what's the price on that? What's the price on that? And I almost didn't give a price to anyone. You know, like, you know, everybody wanted it. And I, you know, I'd put it in a stack of the deal and then I'd, I'd find a way to like work it out of the stack. Because that's a card that's like 50% of what it was, even though Trey just had an amazing postseason. And, you know, the, the most recent comp is like $3,900 on it. And, I mean, I could still sell it for near that comp and, and do fine on it. I'm into the card for a lot less than that. But that card was double that, if not more, you know, at its at its peak and the peak in the run. You could say that about a lot of cars and the whole deal. It's just not one that I'm in a rush to move at a discount. You know what I mean? Whereas I did move Trey Silver's. And you know that's also significantly lower. And the comp on that, I think it was like thirteen seventy five. I think I sold one last night for twelve and change, you know. And you know those were approaching four thousand dollars. That's down more than fifty percent. So it's not a just oh this is down half. It's half worth half, and I don't want to move it. It's the type of card it is too. I think it's also going to be easier for me if I needed to or wanted to to get another tray silver back in my collection than it would be to go hunting down another tray red. PSA 10 color match. That's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the equation, but go ahead. Sorry, I hijacked you. They're good. Totally agree with that. What do you, what do you think about like lower? Let's talk about the alt card real quick, just as an example, the logo man, Steph Curry, you know, with fractional shares, you know, the whole thing, the debacle with collect collectible app, um, we didn't think that that was a true comp or the rather, I'll put it this way. The market didn't feel that that was a true comp. Now, today, there's something similar circulating, but in this, there's only two buyers. It's similar to selling a company, right? Let's say you have a private company. You're 100% owner of that company. You you want to you know liquidate. You want to get some money off the table. You sell 51% to a private equity company. Mm -hmm. They get $5 million. You value the company at, let's say, $9.9 million. Is, is that a true comp, Cage? Is that, is that, is that fair? Is there something missing? Would you want more transparency? Help us understand that. So I can see both sides of the coin depending upon how trustworthy you are. So well, that, that's a, that trustworthy is uh, very hard I mean, to measure, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it depends on your own your own level of trust, right? And it depends on, on, on you. So I, I, I may get burned by this at some point in time, right? But I am... I think we're a great community. I think the hobby is is made up of great people. I'm at the Bleaker Trading event last night, uh, you know, Bleaker Trading Trade Night, and I have a bag full of cards. You know what I mean? I got wax in there. I got soccer boxes. I got, you know, Pokemon cards. I got, you know, trays. I got all kinds of stuff. I got Kobe on card order. You got all kinds of bags. You right? got big so, bags, small bags, dime right. bags. But I bags. leave it. I leave it in the corner or I leave it on a table amongst other people and I walk away. I go to get a, you know, go get a soda in the other end of the room or I'll leave my cards out with a stack. People are like, okay, let me take these over and look at them over here. And people are holding, you know, stacks of cards out of PSA boxes. Never once, honestly, did it cross my mind 
that somebody in that room was going to try to, you know, slip one of those cards into their pocket. You know what I mean? Because I just don't view this community that way. And maybe that makes me an idiot, you know, because obviously there are, there are bad actors in everything, right? But maybe, maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I need to be burned. Maybe somebody has to steal one of my cards or something like that for me to lose that. That would be bad, you know, because I don't want to have that. I still have that, like, you want to call it like a childlike innocence about me when it comes to the hobby. Maybe I still do. I love it, right? And, you know, you talk about the comps. You know, one guy made a, a large deal with me last night. and bought a bunch of my cards. And, you know, he's haggling over the last, you know, 50 bucks. And I gave it to him. I just said, you know, we were at twenty one fifty or twenty one hundred. And he's like, I'll do twenty one hundred. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'll take the twenty one hundred. Uh, and I said, are you happy with the deal? He's like, yeah, I'm happy. I go, well, how, do you like Soto or Tatis better? And he's like, Tatis. And I gave him a Tatis PSA ten uh, rookie, you know, a top PSA ten Tatis, and just said, here you go. Now you walk away from the deal smiling, happy, and holy. Like that's the way I want to be in the hobby. I, you know, I people have been like that with me as well. That's what keeps people in the hobby. It's what keeps people coming back, and and that. That won't be my only deal with this person. Now it's just the first deal. That's the way I try to look at these things, right? So so I went for a little bit of a tangent about trust and about trusting each other and having each other's back in the hobby, right? And and you know, and and treating each other fairly because I saw the card porn post. And you know I love card porn. I think they do a great job for the hobby. And if their post is looking to say one thing and it's that there wasn't a record sale, I'll agree with them. If they take issue with the fact that there was not a $5.9 million sale, I agree with that also. And if, there, if it's out there in any of the networks or any of the, um, you know, the news media outlets that, that, that the, the, the phrases that somebody paid $5.9 million for this card or that there was a consummated record sale, $5.9 million, that's all inaccurate because that did not happen, right? And I've read some articles. I didn't see that exact narrative, and maybe it's there as a mistake. Who knows? I didn't see Alt pushing that somebody paid $5.9 million for the card. I think the more accurate way of saying it is, as you're saying it, that right now there's a valuation of this card for $5.9 million. And, and right now, I would like to trust that that's what happened, right? The way I trust everybody else in this hobby, unless and until I'm burned by someone in the hobby. And again, naive make fun of me call me all you like i've been on ebay guys so i've been burned by plenty of people but that's that's not arm's length you know what i mean that's not that's at a distance right um so if 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 we're going to be told and this is a little bit of evidence that i'm implying just like you did in your in your um hypothetical if we're going to be told that the card was valued at 5.9 million dollars and the 51 percent alt paid to acquire that they paid 51% of the 5.8 or 5.9. They paid $3 million, let's say, of the 5.9. Then sure, I think it's fair to say that that card has a valuation of $5.9 million. It was not sold for 5.9. But let's get let's get crazy here, right? So if just to, to appease card porn, if, if that really happened, if I were alt, you know what I would do? I mean, if, as long as the seller of the card, the, the, the minority shareholder didn't mind it, I would say, okay, we're just going to do this deal differently. I'm going to pay you $5.9 million for the entire card, and then I'm going to sell you back 49% of it for, for you know, $2.9 bucks, and I'm going to retain 51% for the $3 million. Do we really have to go to that length, though? Do we have to have two deals pay a full amount just to pay it back so that we can say that there was a full sale? So if I'm only alt, you know, if – if I if I wanted to continue this and I wanted to get that out there, I would say, okay, we could have done that. Like we could have bought the whole card, but the person who owned the card wanted to retain some ownership in it. So here's why it's worth 5.9. We would pay 5.9 for the card. And then 
sell them back 49% for $2.9 million. Do we really have to go to that length to consummate a record sale? Like that's what I would be saying if I were only Walt right now. Um, if that's the case, you know what I mean? Like, cause that doesn't that, doesn't that satisfy all of our curiosity. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem is, and, and look, I, I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think part of the problem is that we're so used to the transparency of a deal, right? You see a private sale, the two parties, they say, this is how much it sold for that. You know, the Luca that was $4 million. Okay. The buyer said, this is how much I paid. The seller said, this is how much they gave me. Somebody even showed a canceled check. You know what I mean? We, you know, Rob, Rob go paid what he paid for his card. Was it, it was brokered through who PWCC maybe, um, you know, so like they, you know, a, a third party, you know, uh, validated the sale price of an actual transaction, the card being sold. Once you get into the whole, like the cards in a museum, we're going to be selling a 1% of it and it's staying where it is. That gets a little odd. There was no actual. Do you think, you know, we always talk about regulation, but maybe it's not regulation that we need. Maybe it's a validator. Maybe it's somebody, uh, a third party that looks at a certain amount of criteria. They keep that private, but the hobby trusts them and they could verify comps because here's why I think people get concerned about comps. Do you need it? I mean, I'll tell you real quick. Comps have a trickle down effect, right? Mm -hmm. When you have, when you set a new record high, First off, the person who had the second record high now wants to go and buy a new card because he or she probably wants to have the record high. But also it has the trickle-down effect of all the lower-tier cards of that player. So now you're going to start seeing Steph Curry cards appreciate, bump. They have that rubber band effect that you were talking about. I mean, maybe. But not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, listen, it depends what you want, right? I mean, is the, do we really need like a third-party authenticator? For, I mean, we have it for grading cards, right? Do we need a third-party deal authenticator? And honestly, what are we authenticating, right? I mean, there's a third-party on the, you know, the sale, but there wasn't a sale. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like we're getting into semantics, right? If I'm going to trust only alt and what I said happened, happened, and that, you know, the, they agreed on that the value of the card is $5.9 million and... But the, the person who owns the card didn't want to get rid of it. They still believe that this card was worth, you know, holding on to and a great asset. And they wanted to hold on to 49% and sell 51% at a $5.9 million valuation. Let's just assume that's what happened. There is no sale. So really what you're talking about is you're talking about splitting hairs and you're talking about semantic. You're talking about whether or not there is a record sale versus a record valuation. You know, it's like... Um, you know, it's it's the heavyweight champ versus the intercontinental champ. You know, it's the IBC versus the uh, WBO. It's 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 just, you know, does it matter that there's a sale versus a valuation? I think the real point here, and I think what you're trying to make also, is that um, people make their decisions based on comps. It happens in real estate. It happens in all walks of life, right? And you know, everywhere else, comps are basically verifiable. But here, at least the last two records. Mm-hmm have had a little bit of um, Asterisk. let's call it the room where it happened, right? I do my Hamilton thing. You know, only two people were in that room, only three people. It was, you know, uh, Hamilton, Madison, and uh, and Jefferson, right? You know, two Virginians and an immigrant get in the room, and then they leave, you know, you remember, you know, you don't remember this part of Hamilton, Broadway? You got to see the show, man. It's good. Just get you on. Know, it's on Disney+. Plus. Take, take, take a watch. Anyway, point being, when things Do you ever happen, go to uh, Broadway shows? Like, you're in the, you live in the course, city, you're in New York, or you go, what was your favorite Broadway show? Before, before I really liked Wicked. We're getting so, off on a tangent here. I really like Wicked because I was, it's, it's amazing, you know, Wizard of Oz, obviously, it flows through all of my life here. Lions, mm-hmm. Tigers, and Bears have become Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. But, you know, people, it, that show was on for a long time before I went and saw it. 
and I had not really like researched it. I didn't know the music. I didn't know the story behind it. And they did a very good job with it. Kind of like, you know, the prequel to the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz sort of stuff. They did a and very good job. How talented are the people? I remember I was working on Wall Street Cage. So I was yep. working at Morgan Stanley there. And I was living, it was the worst place in the city to live. It was on 51st and Broadway. I was literally living across from the Wicked Theater. Uh, and I had, cool. a, I had a girl friend, girl, that uh, came up to New York and we went to go see that show. And it was, it was incredible. I'm not a show guy. I, it's hard for me to sit for three hours. Yep. But they were so talented. Sorry to take it off. No, listen, that the pandemic, you know, it giveth and it taketh away, right? I think it gave us a lot of a lot of the hobby. It gave us a lot of you know the fun with the cards, and it had it did take away a lot of stuff. So you know, a couple family traditions for us were, um, you know, we went to Yankee opening day every day. My kids had been alive, um, you know, many many wow. opening days. Um, my daughter's first opening day, she wasn't even a year old. Um, some cute little pictures, you know, <laughs> in the Daily News. Uh, or really, day. yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and, and the pandemic stopped that obviously because, you know, last year there was nobody there and this year there was like 12 people in the stadium. Same thing. My, you know, we were taking my daughter for her birthdays to Broadway shows and we had seen in the two years before the pandemic, we saw Frozen on Broadway and we saw Wicked on Broadway and we were going to see Beetlejuice this year and we can't cause that's no longer on Broadway. That's, it's done. So have you but ever yes. seen a West Side Story on Broadway? No. No, but as a kid, I saw a lot of shows. When you live here, you get to see a lot of shows. I've, I've, you know, I've seen Phantom, Lame, Miss, like all, all the big shows I, I have seen. Um, but anyway, the comps. What I'm talking about with with Hamilton, it, you know, the, the point there is that a lot of things happen in the dark. A lot of things happen in the shadows. A lot of things happen behind closed doors, where the rest of us, the you, the me, and the the, um, you know, the hobby community are not involved in that. And just as easily as I'm giving the benefit of the doubt now to you know Lior and Alt and and you know the, the crew and saying. You're on mute, buddy. As much as you're giving the or there we go. Well, I'm saying it's above board deal and everything's five point nine million and everything's great and 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 everything's awesome. A cynic could say, What's stopping a company from a buyer and a seller saying, Hey, we got this Steph Curry. We really only think it's worth about three million dollars. What do you think? Oh yeah, it's three. Would you sell it for three? Sure. Well, we got a better idea. How about we do you don't sell it to me for three? How about you and I agree that it's really worth 5.9 and I give you three that you want for the whole card, but we announce to the world that that three was only for 51% of the card that's worth $5.9 million and you've retained 49% of it in the whole deal. Would, would that make it, you know, make you actually change hands? Um, could that happen? Sure. I mean, it's pop. Go ahead. So as a new guy in the hobby, Here's where my mind went and tell me if this is the right way to think about it. You know, with one of one cards, for example, you have a one of one of like a Jamal Murray. It's hard to comp that card, right? So you look at similar players, similar guys, you know, what's a Trey Young go for? What's a Devin Booker go for? So like the Luca one of one logo man cage officially sold from shine to a, a gentleman for 4.4 million, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only logical to, to think, Five point nine million for uh, an auto logo man of Steph Curry, who's a more accomplished athlete. Five point nine makes sense. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I don't have an issue with the valuation. And once you get into those numbers, I mean, four, five, six, seven, it's just, it's numbers I'll never touch in my life anyway. So I almost feel silly talking about them. And you are 100% right about the one on one. So at the Bleaker Trading event last night, that a foreign press was there. They were taking, you know, videos, you know, doing stories, a whole deal. Yours truly got, got, uh, I got a couple, a couple good sound bites in there. So we'll see Let's if that go. makes it. We'll see if we're on the news in Denmark if, if I, if I beat soccer. <laughs> You know, if Denmark loses, maybe, uh, maybe I'll be, I'll be the top billing story there. Um, but bef- as the event was kicking off, Josh Luber was there at the event last night, and he was being interviewed. And I, I heard the interviewer ask him, "What were, what are the most expensive cards that he has? Like, what's his most valuable cards?" That's the, you know, the one of the founders of of, of StockX, right? Uh, no longer with StockX, but, um, and he said, he says, "Very tough to value." I have two um, Luca one ones. And the guy says to him again, like, well, what are those worth? And he's like, I don't know. One-of-ones are very difficult to value. One-of-ones, you don't know what they're worth. He mentioned the logo man being $4 million. His are not worth that. He, you know, he explained. But, but you're very right. I mean, the one-of-one really just takes one person who wants it, you know, who wants it more than the other people. Uh, whether it's a Steph fan, a Bay Area fan, a fund, who knows. But, yeah, I mean – I will tell you, just like the Babe Ruth valuation that Ezra and Collectible got didn't shock the conscience. Like I, I could see it being worth that, if not more. Hearing that this sold for almost six million dollars, this an argument can be made that this is the best card that Panini has ever made. Yep. So so valuing it where it's being valued, it, it does not it's not a surprise, doesn't shock the conscience. If you told me it was six and a half, it wouldn't surprise me, you know? So you know, as as that's that we've beat the hell out of that one. I Let's understand. Keep I understand both sides of the equation. You know what I mean? Because it, you know, it just well, people people want a clear cut black and white sale. You know what I mean? And that's not what we've gotten the last two times out. So I, I do this like I try to prepare like a daily show, a little agenda. By the way, if you guys uh, ever have any topics or ideas, the best time is to send them in the morning before like eleven a.m. is kind of when I do the prep for the show. Uh, so if you guys ever have any ideas, but to me, it's not just about alt. To me, it's about a bigger issue of how do you comp cards in the hobby? Because it, it's obvious it's been coming up time and time and time again. And it's a fascination of people. Uh, NBA finals. We didn't even talk. We didn't give a prediction, but I wanted to give a shout out, Cage. I don't know if people are realizing this. The Suns, Cam Johnson, Mikal Bridges, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton for out of, I would say, six of their main role pl- role players on the team, six of their main players in, in uh, this series, Cage, they were all drafted. And all drafted in the last five years. So Aiton and Mikhail Bridges, same draft. Cam Johnson, last draft. And then uh, Booker was, what, 2016? Yep. All within the last five years. That's really impressive. You don't see that in a modern NBA era of a team building straight up through the draft and then acquiring two pieces, Chris Paul, who a lot of people thought he was washed up and would never make it this far, and Jock Crowder, who somehow everywhere he goes, you know, I saw a stat cage. He was, uh, I think it was 0 for 8, one point, but plus like 19 point differential. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff I love. It's players that can impact the game in different ways, right? Because you look at that and you're like, the guy's not making any shots. But if you watch him and his competitive spirit, him chasing down balls, him getting in defensive stance and, and locking down the other team's best defenders, uh, playing physical, rebounding, boxing out, 
Uh, that kind of stuff matters. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet often. And before you give your take on just what you think of the series, pretty impressive how the Suns have built this team uh, through the draft entirely. And also impressive how Giannis is able to come back from what looked like a basic career-ending injury, and now he's playing and dunking on people. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually looked pretty good for, you know, for the injury that he sustained to be coming back this quickly. Um, you know, that it wasn't really much of a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it's the quote of, you know, I don't get ready. I stay ready. Um, it's when you're that, like he takes such good care of his body. He, he loves the, 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 the work, uh, when that happens, it's like the pre-injury, uh, his body's ready to handle that kind of stress. I can't believe, uh, he's able to come back and play with that kind of vengeance. Listen, here's my, my take on if, if your commentary is do, do the Suns uh, front office get a, um, you know, get a little pat on the back for building a team like this? Sure, because it's a combination of free agents. I mean, Crowder, you mentioned Jay Crowder. That may be, besides adding Chris Paul, which obviously you add Chris Paul to the team, they win. I mean, you look at the stats, Chris Paul, wherever he mm-hmm. goes, the team has improved. You know, the, the record has consistently improved. They, there are stats out there, like before Paul and after Paul, you know, and, and, and the team is always better with him. But Crowder, Crowder went to the finals last year. Right, Crowder mm-hmm. was on was on the heap, right? So that's one of those like the little extra spice, mm-hmm. little spice. He was, he was on the Cavs right? with LeBron, I believe. Cavs, right? But so 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 he has seen it on all angles, right? But but last year he comes into this locker room, and you know what he can say to these guys? He can say, "All right, Chris Paul hasn't been here before, right? And that's great. And and he can you guys can rest on how great it is to get to the finals. And Chris Paul finally has gotten the finals. But you know what's worse? Last year I got to the finals and didn't win." And that stings worse than just not even getting here. Like that's an extra little, like I said, a little spicy to the gumbo, right? A little, a little, a little bit more that you can tell these young kids who think that they're going to be there again. You know, the, the Aitons, even the Bookers, who think it might be easy to get there. Think of the path they've had. They may not get another chance in their careers to have this easy of a road with a crazy season like this, with all of the injuries that that befell their opponents, right? Um, you know, so you got to capitalize on that, and and sometimes it's a character. Sometimes it's you know it's a person that you that you bring in that you don't think. I mean, when when you name the top players on the Suns, that Crowder is not going to be in the top three names on the Suns. They're not even being in the top five, but he may be part of the reason, you know, locker room wise, that they win. Whereas the Bucks, I mean, look, if I were in the Bucks locker room, I'd be telling them, you don't win now, you may never win. Like this team might implode. This team might be imploded. You know, like this. The same thing I'm saying with the Suns. Talk about an easy path. I mean, when is Giannis ever, ever going to get an easier path than this? I mean, he, he, who who's he beaten to get here, and who does he have to beat in the West? You know, I mean, I mean the Hawks. Come on you know, now, the Nets. Yeah, well, the Nets. The Nets are a good team, but remember, talk about an easy path, right? He had one of the three Nets playing basically. He had a gimpy Harden and no Kyrie. I mean, he beat the Nets. He beat the N. He beat the Ets. He beat the Tiz. He didn't beat the whole team. You know? Beautiful. Uh, I just looked it up, guys. J- J- uh, Crowder didn't win on the Cavs. He came to the Cavs in 2017. The Cavs won in 2016. But anyway. Yeah, um, but he played. He played with, you know, he played yeah. on the Cavs. I mean, he played yes, on the teams. But he's been to the precipice. The, part, the point is that, you know, he, he can come in and say, guys, you know, I'm reading all the stuff. I'm reading all the congrats, Chris Paul. You finally did it. You didn't do anything. And I saw a cool post. I think it was Hoops Nation posted it. And it was a comparison between, I think it was the 2010 Lakers and this year's Suns. 
and it was showing what their reaction was after they won the conference finals and made it to the finals. And it's the Suns just going nuts. They're all hugging the trophy. They got champagne. They're all, you know, jumping up and down like crazy people. And then you have the Lakers, and they're all stoic. And Kobe, like, walks away. And it's like, job's not done. Job's not you, done. You know what I mean? So I, The series is far from over, though. I'll tell you. Of course, I saw a stat. Uh, Bucks are 1-7 and seven straight up uh, in game ones. And it's just it's just what we talk about with Coach Butt Holzer. I really like that nickname. We should trademark that. Uh, he just doesn't ever have his team prepared. I mean, I, I've been we've been talking about him for a while. I get DMs now. Like it's such a shame that this Bucks team came out so unprepared. It's only like it, it's just a, it's how co- he is. It's a pattern. But this series is far from over. You know, if, if the Bucks could come back one one to Milwaukee. And I think they will take game two. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting series. More than likely, this is gonna be a six or seven game series. I think if the Suns come out and win game two, it doesn't go more than five. Yeah, I think that's a recency bias in the finals, though. These teams are way too evenly matched up. And here's the here's the real kicker, Cage. Uh-huh. The best player is gonna be on both teams, and you don't even know who it's gonna be. Like. Uh, some games Devin Booker is going to be the best player. Some games Giannis is going to be the best player. Some games Chris Middleton is going to be the best player. Some days Drew Holiday is going to be the best player. Some days Chris Paul. And when that when you when that happens, you're going to have a six seven game series. However, last year when the Lakers played uh, the Heat, the yep. best player, no matter what, was LeBron and AD in any game at any time. Yep, I get so, that. I mean, I, I get it. I think obviously it's going to either be Booker. Or, I mean. But Chris Paul, you're right. I mean, I was, just, I just, I just proved your point because I was going to say, oh, it's going to be Booker and Giannis, and I'm like, no, the way Chris Paul's playing, Chris Paul. So, I mean, it, your your point is is proven right there. But I, I don't know. I watched a lot of the game last night, and it just wasn't much of a game. You know what I mean? Maybe it's Giannis isn't fully there, or maybe just the no, dude. That's prepared, Coach but... Butt. That's Coach Butt playing Jeff Teague. Why would Jeff Teague play Cage? In what world would Jeff Teague get time? It makes no sense. It just makes no sense. They're, it's an, they're ill-prepared. They're going to come back better in game two because they always do. It, it's just it's just the rotations that he has. Jeff Teague sucks. It's, it's just, he's probably a great person. Really nice human <laughs> being as well. Uh, I have three plays today. Three plays. Okay, nice. Well, listen, I'll give none then. Either way, you can get all three. Is that too much? You like. No, Fine. I'm going to start listen, with the one that's going to shock people the most. I want you okay? to give all three. Luca, it's a reward for Luca Nation. I love it. They are, they are anybody – I lost you again, big guy. Help me out with the first play. The first play is going to be Lisa Leslie. Ooh, Lisa Leslie. Nice. Interesting, right? So let me read you guys some of Lisa Leslie's stats. She's a three-time WNBA MVP, two-time champion, eight-time All-Star, four-time gold medalist, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, It's her birthday today, uh, ironically. And but she's she's like the OG of the WNBA. I don't know if we can. You want to compare her to Russell, Will Chamberlain? Uh, but she's the OG of the WNBA. Okay. 1997 Pinnacle is the card that came up for her. It's called 1997 Pinnacle Inside WNBA Basketball. Lisa Leslie, PSA 10. It's about a $300 card. Uh, you're going to see comps kind of all over the place. You, you see some at 305. You see some at 550. Some at 405. Uh, here's one at 280. That's an auction that ended on May 20. 23rd um, auctions, I think, are going to do a little bit worse because no one's really looking for this card. Uh, you can go PSA 9, which is like a $40 card. 
Is that the right car to buy for her? Sure. I mean, it's it's a main brand, right? I mean, I haven't researched how many different cards there are out there, but I mean, um, I don't think there were a lot of WNBA cards licensed at the time. So yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a cool card right. for her. Well, we'll leave it that Luca Nation. You guys do your research. Come back and tell us. I think that's the one to look at. By the way, anybody who you know who wasn't following WNBA in the '90s and wants to know of the relevance of of Lisa Leslie, look her up. But more importantly. Recently, a bunch of NBA stars who you have heard of made a movie called Uncle Drew. Kyrie Irving was Uncle mm-hmm. Drew. Chris Webber was in it. Shaq was in it. Nate Robinson was in it. Reggie Miller was in all names you know. The one woman who was on their team in the finals was Lisa Leslie. So Yeah, you know, she's a baller. She's super well-respected. Oh. And let me even add a little twist here. What I love about the WNBA is if you watched it, in previous seasons, they kept doing this thing like, we don't make as much as the men. Well, you guys don't make as much money as a league as the men. And this year, the commercials, they've been way more about how the WNBA is, is the future. We're really excited about the future women. We have all-stars. We have competitive games. It's not about beating the NBA. It's about, hey, look how good Wood could be. We have a lot of really good players and a lot of good talent in the league. And I like that marketing. I hate the, mark- the type of marketing that's against somebody. I like the marketing that's for a, a, a future that's exciting. I'm excited for the future of the WIBA. And I see Lisa Leslie as like a Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, you know, someone who came early on before the huge popularity spike, but was really important and won a lot. Cool. Number one, two, yesterday I had a Prism PSA 10 silver Luca pop and I got, I, I got a 10 on it. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Cage. Uh, bought the card raw for about 1400, subbed it in August, 20 day. By the way, a fun little kind of tip a friend gave me is he said uh, they scrutinize. They scrutinize on the five-day, the two-day, the express. So let's try the 20-day because those are some of the newer graders. Let's see what happens. And this was a card that was a borderline nine. It was clean all the way around. Centering was a little off. It got a 10. And now that's a $4,400 card. And I think it was $8,800. Honestly, I think it's an overpriced card. I think it's going to come down, and that's not in my vested interest. But then you look at a Trey Young silver prism who had a better postseason, who should have shrunk that gap, and it's still a four-to-one ratio. And if you think about it, even in the preseason, let's use that, even when there was the huge run-up, Trey Young's were 3,500, Luca was 8,500. Well, they didn't have the same season. Trey had a better season. And now his cards are 1,200, 1,100 for the silver PSA 10, while Luca's still 44, 4,500. That doesn't make sense to me, and I'm holding that Luca card, so I have vested interest in it going up. I think the Trey Silver is underpriced at a thousand, a thousand one hundred bucks. I really do. Hmm. I sold last one last one. night. <laughs> I sold one last night. Well, well, you have so many cards that this is this. this uh, <laughs> it's uh, what is it? A drop in the bucket. And last exactly. one is uh, Mr. Bam Adebayo. Mr. Bam Adebayo, you could go silver on him, but. I- I would take a look at some of his national treasures if you could afford those. Oh. I think um, if you guys watch Bam, the guy's going to be a star. He's he's a center, he's a defender, but he plays like a six six seven six eight point guard. Man, he's he could take the ball up the court. He can beat guys off the dribble. He's tough. He's Draymond Green with an offensive skill set, uh, and I think he's going to improve a ton. And look out for the Heat to really do some things next year. The Heat are always, 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 always uh, making moves. That's a good culture. I think they're going to get rid of Tyler Hero because he's practicing boxing like a girl instead of practicing basketball. <laughs> like a man. 
Uh, not everything needs to be posted. I don't know why you posted that video. He, he, he looks like he, could, he doesn't know how to throw a punch. Uh, Bam Adebayo is someone that I, I think is going to be a perennial all-star. He's a stud. He's got the work ethic. He's got the mindset. And he's got the it factor, too. His uh, stuff's come down a lot. His stuff I mean, come down a lot, and I think that's worth a look. So those are my three plays. I probably could have spread them out, uh, but I wanted to bring you guys value like we always do, and I thought all three of those plays are worth taking a look at. I love it. I love it. Um, I guess my uh, – oh, man, that one, Bam. Does Bam play center? Is he is he out of position? Should he not be playing center? Well, the game's changed, brother. The game's changed. He's uh, he's Draymond Green with offensive skill set. So he plays center when they play small ball. He could also play a power forward, but but it's a, it's a small ball game. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Well, listen. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, here's my play. And and also just one little thing. They yeah, they play zone. They play zone sometimes too. So it doesn't even matter. He's more of like a positional player. Okay. Um. Listen. Uh, again, makes sense. Um, my question, let's see. So I have a play. It's like a, you know, low cost. People out there may like it. People out there may hate it. Um, you know, I, I looked at it and I'm like, all right, you know, uh, for the investment on this, this is something you can probably double your money on pretty quickly if you wanted to. Um, some of the young stars in the league, um, and it's funny how like we'll get a little bit of like a little success and all of a sudden it's boom. Like Otani's having such a great you know season here. Everybody's just his cards are going crazy. But you know what? That team's not that good. Trout's injured. Uh, you know, postseason's gonna come, they won't be in it. Um, and I'm thinking about like you know, other guys on the team. There's really nobody. I mean, Red Dolan's not having a good year. I was thinking maybe, you know, who's a bounce back candidate? And let's let's take a step back from this here. It wasn't Yelich. Part of our research for this, you, there's a lot of research out there. But if you start to go on Google or, or you know, wherever it may be, if you start to go on, you know, Google and you say, what cards are underpriced? That's not going to help you. But there are ancillary pieces of information out there that can help you. You know, fantasy, we talk about this. Fantasy is a great resource. And we're going to do some Lucanation fantasy pretty soon, aren't we, Andrew? Just have, yes, some, fun with, have some fun with our crew. Um I just want to. I'm, I'm getting like the the background done, so it's like a really exciting league. It's not just like a league we throw together. I, I want to see if we get a sponsor. I want the prize to be a hobby box that people really want. So just stay patient. But yes, we're gonna do an end uh, Luca Nation fantasy football. I think we're gonna have 24 teams actually. So maybe two leagues, two 12 leagues. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, 24 teams is a lot. So. Fantasy, it's almost all-star break. You know, the teams are, are right at the midpoint of the season. You know, teams have played like 82, 83, 84 games. So you know what you're going to start to see a lot of? You're going to start to see a lot of articles out there that say, who is a potential bounce-back candidate in fantasy baseball for the second half of the season? You know, who can we look to improve? Who has been injured, right? And this year, you can see a lot of names on that list, like Anthony Rendon I just mentioned, like Jose Abreu. Like DJ LeMahieu, um, you know, Bray was an MVP. He's not playing at an MVP level. You know what I mean? LeMahieu won the batting title. I think he's batting like 270 something this year. You know, there's a lot of guys who are not, you know, playing up to snuff. But the second part of that is people who not, they're not exactly slumping, but they've been out for a while with injury. So I started to think, all right, is there somebody out there who, who, combines a lot of this stuff he's been out with injury been out he's been out of people's sight and out of mind and because of that the card prices haven't really done anything somebody who's not um you know 
high pop from the last one or two years. And somebody who's on an up-and-coming team um, and may have postseason this year, postseason next year. So I started to think, everybody's paying top dollar for Vladdy Jr. cards, mm-hmm. right? And everybody seems to be loving, you know, Bo Bichette. That, that Toronto team, that's a team that people think may do something, if not this year, the next year. You know, they're going to be playing meaningful games. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I mean, they're going to be playing meaningful games with this young core doing big things and, you know, maybe contending for a title soon. Well, their one big signing coming into this year has been injured until about two weeks ago, and he's come back. He's not exactly, you know, lighting the world on fire. But, you know, I think he had home runs in back-to-back games or two home runs in three days, something like that. And I'm talking about a guy who's already won a championship in this league, building up a resume. Uh, I think he's 31, got plenty of baseball ahead of him, especially if he's going to be winning a title with a second team here. I'm talking about George Springer, right? Hmm. Somebody I'm supposed to hate. It's a good one. Because, because he's supposed to be a cheater and I'm a Yankee fan and all that stuff. But just out of curiosity, lowish pop, he's got – a 2014 Topps Chrome rookie card. He's also got a Chrome update, but I'm just going to go with the 2014 Topps Chrome um, PSA 10. PSA 10. Right now, there are multiples of that card available on eBay for $41. I, you can't get, you can't grade a card with PSA right now. So this is a guy who has already won a championship is on a team with a whole bunch of young studs, so he's going to put up some numbers. He's going to be driving them in, or they're going to be driving him in. Um, the the team trajectory looks like it's on an upward swing, and people have forgotten about him while he was a big-name signing for them in the offseason. He basically missed the first you know two and a half months of the season, and he just come back. Um, when he gets his timing back, he gets his swing back, he's showing the, you're showing the picture? You're showing the yeah, picture. Which, which one, Cage? So just 2014 tops Chrome. So what what I want you to do here is I want you to go go see where you have best match, put lowest lowest price, and um yeah so see price price shipping lowest, and then go right ahead to buy it now, and and PSA ten, and you'll find one. I mean it's not it you're not looking at it in in Mexican dollars. If you look at it in, in American dollars. The lowest one out there. There's another one for forty one forty one dollars. This is it right here, where he's sliding. It's a no. It's a, that's no. That's the update. Oh, the update. This is not an easy card to find, Cage. I'm glad I'm doing this. Well, scroll up to where your search terms. This is great. This is helpful. If you're watching this on YouTube, go up to your search terms. Right. Right here. This is it. And but you have to. Yeah, that one's one hundred and twenty dollars. You, you there's one for forty one dollars. I looked at it as soon as we started our episode. So go back and. But that's the card. Yes. Well, people could find their own card. I want them to just see the exact card that they need to buy. That's someone, the card. So, someone scooped a $40 card, Cage. No, Maybe they're listening not. to this live. It's not scooped. It's there. If I have to find it myself, I'll find it myself for you. But but yeah, I'll pull it up while I'm doing this myself. But anyway, the point being, that's Interesting card who, too, right? Because he's not batting. He's not fielding. Yeah. He's not sliding. He's like in the clubhouse uh, having a laugh with. Is that Carlos Correa? Yeah. So he's he's like showing his bat. Yeah, it's a funny looking card, and it's a it's a landscape. It's not vertical, which people used to hate. Yeah, but hey, I mean, you don't know how to share your screen, so I don't so know what you're, what you're searching. So I mean, I'm looking at it. You can't share my screen. I'll show you how to share a screen. You ready? But bam, there it is. Forty one dollars and ninety nine cents. Same card we're looking at. You see this? Is, right that, here? is that American dollars? How many is that in pesos? Yeah, so not pesos. That's the tough part, right? So there he is. There he is. There's the card, so that everybody can see it. 
as the card. And look, $41.99. And this particular seller has two available with free shipping and returns. So there's the card I'm doing just because it's a pretty, pretty light, right? Um, and it was definitely selling for more than that when, uh, when the season started and, you know, he was signed and then he got injured and people have forgotten about him because people have, people have gone with everybody else in the world as their play for baseball. Now, do I think this, of the week. Yep. Do I, yeah, exactly. Do I think this card is going to be worth, you know, $300? No, but if they happen to make the playoffs, could it be a hundred dollars and you've turned the $42 card into a hundred bucks? Definitely. I mean, there are guys who, who, um, you know who do a lot less than, than this guy. He's already won a he's already won a World Series. I mean, he's already got a you know a little little pedigree to him, a little resume to him. And um, you know, come on, forty two dollars. Think of the guys who we talk about. You know, I, I don't I don't. Can you buy Gavin Lux for forty two dollars anymore? I mean, Kyle Lewis was my play. He he might be forty two dollars. I don't think the guy's played all year. This guy's already got the pedigree. He's playing for the whole team. He's already won a championship. But I saw this card. I was like, all right, this is just one where it's a sneaky play where you could do a, a quick flip on it if you wanted to. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, there's plenty of these, you know, on Facebook or wherever the heck else you want to buy them. You probably get them for 35 bucks. So it's a sneaky little deal. If you don't like Springer, the real play here is don't be lazy with your Google searches and your research. Don't just put in, hey, what card should I buy now at a discount? The fantasy stuff is it's it's valuable in every sport, and when you when you think about it, we are at that midpoint of the season. You're going to be able to find no shortage of articles of, hey, who should I pick up for my fantasy team? Who should I buy low on now? Who we expect to be a bounce back candidate in the second half of the season, and use that fantasy, um, you know, information in your card purchases as well. Any Makes final sense? words? Final words. Um, Closing guys, argument. Yeah, can I say this? I don't care whether or not it's valued at five point nine or sold for five point nine. Um, I think it's you know I think it's cool that something like that is happening. I think it's good for the hobby. I think it brings eyeballs to it. Um, I I hope it's above board. I have no reason to doubt that it is presently. I mean, we're supposed to be a little skeptical, right? But um, you know, it's not like it's somebody who's a stranger coming out of nowhere and and. Uh, you know, saying, hey, I paid $5.9 million. This is somebody who previously had a record price. You know what I mean? So it's not coming out of thin air. It's somebody with some credibility in the, you know, in, in the hobby. Um, so we're, you know, I, I don't I don't have, you know, much in the way of doubts on the valuation on the whole deal. And, and even, if it, even if it is, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing for the hobby that, that these, these cards are being, are being purchased like this. And it leaves me to ponder, what's next? What's the card that breaks this, right? What's the card that sells for more than this, right? Is there a LeBron? You know, does LeBron, there's a LeBron Chrome, you know, numbered PSA 10 that's real limited sell for some money. I mean, it's the, they don't have, the thing is they don't have an exquisite one of one, right? So we can't have that. So that's what makes this kind of a cool Panini card. But it's just, it's a cool topic to ponder, right? What's, what's going to be the one to break this? I only try to bring up topics that are interesting to both us and our community, and I want to discuss them. So I hope they're valuable. No, seriously, I mean that. Like, I don't want to bring up stuff that people aren't interested in. That's another episode. Love you, Luca Nation. We'll be back tomorrow. We have a really special guest uh, from Overtime. Overtime Sam Cage met him at Bleaker Trading. So we'll have him on tomorrow. This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line, 
and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.